Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. Here, you will find recordings of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your Bible study, to replace your weekly church attendance, or to be your sole source of spiritual instruction. Go to church for that. This podcast is for members of my class who happen to miss a week here or there and don't want to fall behind. But before you listen to this episode, you may want to go to teachings.gym314.com and download student or teacher handouts, as well as any PowerPoints, so you can follow along visually and see what we saw in class, as well as take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. I'd recommend Overcast. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. I am glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to jump right into Romans this morning. You've got uh, breaking into chapter 15 today. That's exactly right, Zeke. I appreciate the enthusiasm. So we've been looking each week um, at several different things. Uh, Today I want to specifically look at Uh, this section on righteous living as we're coming to the end of it. So today's text is the next to last week in this particular section, in chapters 12 through the middle of 15, where Paul describes what righteousness lived and fleshed out really looks like, which is a result of all of his prior arguments of introducing and then the wrath and then how Christ comes in and saves, how we have freedom in that, the example of the Jews, and then what it looks like lived out for us. And we see some the beginnings of some concluding statements uh, in today's text. And next week's text will really finish it up and kind of polish it off. But today's text has several uh, ideas that, that finish up specifically starting to finish up this section, but also finish up this three-week section on stronger and weaker brothers. So we'll see some of that concluding and what it, what it really looks like to uh, bear with the weak and to uh, be an example. So if you've got your Bibles, we'll start with Romans chapter 12. For those of you wondering, no, this is not coffee. This is hot chocolate. So. If it was coffee, the Sunday school lesson today would be six hours long. So <clears throat> you're welcome. This is Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. 
Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear over the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the, love, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer now to us than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the one who is weak, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes today observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why... Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. 
Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is not good to eat... It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. All right, so if you've got your handout, we'll go ahead and take a look at uh, the specific words and some literary and structural observations as we move through today's lesson. Um, Sometimes it's interesting when God uh, lets you know things. Many of you know that I'm a planner. This is where you laugh awkwardly, right? Because I'm obviously a planner. Have you not noticed this, right? I decided in uh, early 2016, very early 2016, that uh, 2017 would be dedicated to Romans. uh, Because this is, as you have uh, no doubt heard, unless you are living under a rock at this point, that this month is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, right? Uh, specifically, Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the church door at Wittenberg, but, uh, which kicked off a lot of other things. And there were things before that as well, but this is the 500th year of a lot of things moving that didn't move in a certain way and before. And uh, generally speaking, when I am planning out a year, in September, I am going through ideas. In October, I'm finalizing, and early November starts the, this is what each week is going to look like for the next year. Uh, and I don't think I've shared with anybody in this room yet, but I have no idea what we're doing next year yet. Um, I've got two words so far, shorter and old. Um, what it sounds like to me. Um, That's where I'm leaning right now. And old happened just a second ago. Um, So this is not part of today's Sunday school lesson. I just want you all to know that God sometimes speaks at very odd times. 
like when you're reading the Bible, getting ready to mentally go into a rather complex argument, now he decides to talk. And you know what we say to that? Praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Because he's still talking. It's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. So this is me. I need to collect myself for a second. Um, all right, so we, we move into Romans 15 today, uh, and this is the finishing up of this three-week section. And, and who did we not see in the first two weeks of this? Who did we not talk about, really, in the, um, as an example? We didn't really talk about Jesus Christ's example in the do not pass judgment on one another. And we didn't see Jesus Christ as an example in the do not cause one another to stumble. We, caused, we saw him as a reason for things, a driving influence for things. But Paul sums up, what does it look like to interact and relate stronger and weaker by using Jesus Christ? So I want us to understand that. I also want you to flip over to Psalm 69 real quick, because uh, this is the psalm that Paul quotes in 15.3. And something actually struck me this morning. Um, I'm getting ready this morning. <clears throat> I, I don't know about you, but I tend to have a hyper focus on gym as I move through my life. And one of the things that I was thinking about this morning when I was singing in the shower, um, you're welcome, Justin. Now you have that image in your head all day. Uh, I'm a horrible, horrible singer. Uh, and... I taught a class yesterday morning for about four hours, and I went to an MMA event yesterday evening, and you can probably hear it in my voice, there's not much voice left. And when there's not much voice left, my singing skills actually get worse. And Julie's going, yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I know they got worse this morning because I heard her snicker twice. Um, over the hairdryer and the portable waterproof speaker that is in our shower cranked up as loud almost as it will go. Um, so it must have been a shockingly loud snicker or two. Um, but what I was thinking about this morning was me, and I was thinking about how bad my voice is going to sound today uh, for you and how bad it will sound on the podcast, and then I'll have to think about why it was and this and that and the other, and I realized this is hyper-focused on me, and I'm focused on me having a bad day. And I got to thinking about today's text. And the verse that Paul quotes is Psalm 69, verse 6. So somebody read Psalm 69, verse 6 for me, if you got there already. I'm just a skip. You got it? Awesome. Lord, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me, God of Israel. May those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. This is actually a messianic psalm. And there are several different verses as you go through that talk about Jesus actually on the cross. Uh, one of the verses here talks about when I was thirsty, you gave me, uh, I think it's, it's verse 20. Is that where it is? I was reading through it yesterday. I can't remember the exact verse. Where is it, Zeke? Which verse is it? Which one? I was close. What's 21 say, darling? Yeah, so he was thirsty, and they gave him vinegar to drink. And obviously, if after you've read the New Testament, you go back and you read this chapter, and you go, oh, well, this is, this is talking about Jesus, right? And we even see that in today's text in Romans that Paul talks about that these things that were written in former days were written for our instruction, our New Testament instruction. And what I 
began to see the contrast between me worrying about me having a bad voice day and Jesus Christ literally being our example on the worst day of his life. Like, pick your worst day, like the worst environment that you've ever had, and your response to that day will be the basis of the teachings of people about you for millennia. And I just couldn't get over that. The difference between, the gap between my Savior and myself that he then beautifully closed. Right? So it, I, I don't want us to miss that as we go through our normal, what do the words mean in the literary observations and these different things, but um, I just wanted to point that out, that there is a real sense of all that we should have at the feet of Jesus Christ for what he did on his very worst day and how he responded in a way that is our example to radically weaker people around him. He was being crucified and he was the strongest one there. So when we get opportunity to display love to a weaker brother or sister. This is our example. Right? So I don't want us to miss that in all of the detail that we're about to go through. So, all right. I usually put those types of things at the end. I just, I had to get that out this morning. So, all right. Now, let's look at what the words mean. <laughs> they will back up this argument, by the way, just in case you wonder. All right, so number one, verse one. Uh, we who are strong or able or powerful have an obligation uh, your first blank there is O, O-W-E, O. We owe. There's a, there's, a, there's a bill that is due. We're under obligation. We behove. That's not a misspelling. That's an old word. Behove. There you go. You can Google that one. And Merriam-Webster will use the word archaic underneath it. Yes. Your next blank is to be in, anybody want to guess? Debt. Yes, to be in debt. Because when you owe, you are in debt, right? So we have a debt. Who, who's the we here? Specifically, who's the we here? The strong. That's right. The strong have a debt to who? To the weak. That's right. So the strong have a debt to the weak. To do what? To bear. To bear with the failings or infirmities. And that word bear means uh, to carry. And, and sometimes I think we have an attitude. Hi, my name's Jim. We have an attitude of, well, the weak person should just get over that. And the reality is the strong person is supposed to pick the weak person up and carry them. Has it occurred to us that we might be called strong for a reason that would need strength? This particular analogy is not one that breaks down very quickly. It is used at length in the New Testament. Strong believers are strong for a reason. You have muscles because you have worked them out. You have muscles to do something with them. You don't just wake up one morning and boom. 
I can deadlift 400 pounds. I, don't, I have no idea what a good deadlift is. I just made up a number. Uh, this illustrates my weakness in this area, right? <laughs> is 400 pounds a lot? Okay. Okay. Good. That was a good number then. What's a, what's, is that like the world record? You may know. No, it's not a thousand pounds is the world record? Oh, my goodness. And I'm assuming somebody that, that could deadlift a thousand pounds didn't start the day before. Right? I mean, this took a long time to develop strength. Well, maybe this concept is similar here. So, so Paul, Paul is putting himself in this bucket here. I'll jump to an observation real quick. But Paul identifies himself with the strong here because he says, We who are strong... So Paul's saying we, that's him too, have a debt to carry the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please, and this is the present active imperative, imperative, and I don't know if you remember, but I've used this slide a few times. So indicatives are statements of fact, imperatives are commands, and we're also going to look at subjunctives, and there's an optative today. I got really... I geeked out excited about this. So. They don't show up very often in the New Testament, so it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I know, right? Uh, hashtag Greek nerd. Uh, subjunctive is there's a prob- uh, probability or possibility, and then an optative is, like, I am I'm hoping way off in the distance this may actually occur. Like, this is the... Uh, for some of you that are in business, you may have heard a stretch goal. This, this idea of, well, boy, if we really all just get everything done, we can rah, 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 get this done. It, and you know, stretch goals don't happen. <laughs> like, stretch goals are there to try to get the most out of your employees and make them think that they can do it, and they really can't do it. You're just trying to get all you can. <laughs> so I don't think he's using it that, w- that way in this text, but, uh, but this particular one is an, is an imperative. <clears throat> so we are commanded to do what? Yeah, it's like an open book. It's right there. We are commanded to what? Please our neighbors, yes. And who are our neighbors in this context? The, the believers, the, the weak believers, right? So we are commanded to please our neighbors. So just soak on that for a second. When's the last time you picked out a weaker brother or sister and just said, I'm going to please you today? Does anybody remember what we talked about last week? What did we talked about last week? What was the word? Architecture. Yes, very good. I'm impressed. I figured everybody would just shout out Legos. <clears throat> this is what, remember? The Guggenheim. Yes, it's the Guggenheim. Um, and that's what this next blank is. We're commanded to please our neighbors for his good, for our neighbor's good, to build him up. Architecture. There's your blank. <clears throat> For Christ, now here we go. So he's going to, he's kind of got us on the ropes at this point. I think about Paul sometimes as a, a, a combat, watching combat, and he's, he's beating us up. And then he just goes to the knockout punch, right? Verse 3, to me, is just the knockout punch. For Christ did not please himself... You know, this is, in modern day terms, this is the Jesus duke, right? But as is written, it's back in Psalm 69, the reproaches, now do you see your word there? 
contumely. Anybody happen to know what contumely means? It's a reproach. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> That's exactly right, Skip. It is what the English says it is, yes. <laughs> Sometimes things are what they are. Uh, insolent or insulting language or treatment. Uh, and did Jesus experience any insulting language the day he was crucified? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they mocked the fact that he was the king of kings. Right? They took a true statement and they made fun of him for it. I mean, this... <laughs> the reproaches of those who reproach. So you got the, um, <clears throat> the verb, the noun form of it, followed up by the verb form of it. To defame or to taunt. To the, one of the ways to translate this is to cast in your teeth. To, they just, there were hatred in their teeth. Of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days, this is what was the Old Testament speech, was written for our instruction. And the hour there is us, is New Testament believers. That through, dia, straight through endurance and straight through encouragement, uh, paraclesis, the, this idea is the, um, it's comforting, it's consoling, it's uh, paraclesis is the activity that you do when you show up at the hospital when somebody when something has gone wrong. It's the the loving on people, the caring for people. That through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now that might have is in the present active subjunctive, which means we might keep on having hope. So get this for a second. So what is a source of endurance and encouragement? The scriptures. See, we dive into the scriptures, one, to know more about God, but to have relationship with him. And as a result, there is encouragement, there is endurance. It gives us the ability to push through these situations where we need to be strong enough to carry the weak. This is all stuff all connected. That we might keep on having hope. So if your hope is low, where might you go? Go to the scriptures. Absolutely. They have the words of life. So then verse 5, here we go. May the God of endurance, this is the same word from verse 4, and encouragement, the same word from verse 4, because who wrote the scriptures? God wrote the scriptures, so it makes sense that the one who wrote the scriptures would also be a source of encouragement and endurance. Grant you to live in such harmony. This word grant is the second aorist active optative. So here's your word. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Optative, baby. Right there. Let me get out of the way so you all can spell that correctly. This is important for the final exam in a few weeks. You all remember that series that I taught and did the final exam? over the uh, section of Grudem. Y'all were all looking at me like, what are you talking about? We're actually going to have a test? We had a test. I found that in the notes a couple weeks ago. I was looking for something, and I Googled something, and I, I, one of my search results came up, and I found what I was looking for on Google from my own website. And <laughs> it was like, that's, that's recursive. <laughs> okay. Um, and I found a couple of pages after what I was looking for that test, uh, and I thought, that was really stupid. I don't know what got into me to give me a test, but I gave you all a test, and, and you really did well, so it was kind of encouraging. Um, 
Anyway, optative. So may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony. So, so Paul is, Paul, you know, this is, this is possibilities. We're talking way in the future that this is a hope of Paul that, so, so who's way in the future from Paul's timeline? We are, right? Now, he's specifically writing to the Romans. I don't want you to miss this. I think he specifically has these people in mind and later in their lives. But, but we're later in the timeline, too, so I think this works for us. Uh, to live in such harmony. This word is just the phreneo word. It's the mind. It's the thinking uh, with one another. This is literally just be of the same mind with one another. And there's this beautiful word, in accord. Now, uh, how many of y'all remember the preposition circle? You remember the preposition circle? Yes? You're like, oh boy, this is just spectacularly geek day, right? Um, it's a very helpful thing, actually. Uh, because it, it, for me, it helps explain what some of the words uh, mean that are little words that we skip past sometimes. And the Greek word here is uh, kata. And it means down. And that's your blank. Um, with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus. Now, if, if Sean McGarvey were here right now, there would be some joke that I'm down with Christ Jesus that would have immediately been shouted out. All right, so uh, Sean, if you're listening, that's not what this means. <laughs> uh, did you say it, Carrie? <laughs> it's awesome. It is absolutely not what this means. Now, how do we know? So let's, I want to be real clear about how I know this is, we know that this is not what this means. How do we know that we know this is not what this means? Because it's a modern phrase, right? Paul didn't know that phrase, to be down with somebody and everything's good. I mean, that, that's a modern phrase. So we, he was looking in the future. He, he was looking in the future. That's exactly right. But not like that. <laughs> um, so, so we, and this is just a general Bible study caution, we as Bible students have to be very careful when we see something that was written several thousand years ago that looks like a really modern phrase that we currently use and go, wow, they knew it that too. No, no, let's, let's be real careful with that. Not at all. This, this literally just means aligned with, this is the source is coming down out of Jesus Christ. So he wants us to be harmonious in thought with each other, aligned with Jesus Christ, coming from Jesus Christ. So what was Jesus Christ aligned with? I'm glad you asked. Verse 6, that together, unanimously, you may have with one voice, I love the one voice, why should we only have one voice? There's, yes, say it. There's one body. We don't need a bunch of voices. We have one body. That you may have one voice to what? May with one voice glorify or magnify or lift up the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're doing this weaker, stronger, working together, alignment, directed togetherness for the purpose of glorifying God. So the Westminster Catechism had it right. You know, what's the chief end of man is to glorify God. It's, it's, this, is, this is how he begins to sum up the book. And then he comes back in true Paul fashion and says, all right, now, in case you've missed it, this is how you apply that. This is what that looks like lived out, fleshed out in your life right now. Verse 7, therefore, so he's, he's got his lawyer hat back on, welcome. And this is in the imperative again. This is another command, present middle imperative. And this is the word that we talked about last week to admit. You need a ticket. This is to look 
at each other as if you have the ticket to get in. Like, your ticket is punched. Not because I punched it, because Jesus punched it. And this is good. So therefore, welcome one another just as, and he plays the Jesus card again, Jesus welcomed you. Right? So just as I see, Chris, that Jesus punched your ticket, you look at me and you go, yeah, Jesus punched his ticket too. I don't know why, but Jesus punched his ticket too. Right? And we can rejoice in this, and we can together, in alignment, coming down from the alignment that we have from Jesus Christ, glorify God in this. And then we can de- together, as one is weak, as one is strong, bear up and carry each other to go and flesh this out so that we are building each other up into the body of Christ and can with one voice then glorify God. It is a beautiful circle of life without whatever the lifting up of the little tiger was. Um, <clears throat> sorry, a lion. It's a lion king, yeah. When a tiger... <laughs> Anna Grace is like, I can't believe you've messed that up. Okay, there it was. I knew I'd have a couple today, and that was the big one. So how does he sum up this, this last little section? For the glory of God. So in case you thought you forgot that it wasn't about glory in verse 6, he comes back down and he says, yes, it actually is about glory in verse 7. So we're beginning to land this plane of what this all looks like fleshed out. Uh, and he's, he's circling back to the glory of God. He's circling back to the glory of God. He's circling back to the glory of God. All right, so let's take a look at uh, some application and personalization. So what's the point? Uh, I think pretty blatantly the strong owe the weak, right? The strong owe the weak help, not concern, not, not scorn. Uh, so what do we do with that? Well, number one on the personalize is carry. We carry. Amy Vlosen had a great quote. said, the strong are to come along and support the weak, not to be boastful about being strong, but with a gracious and loving spirit. What's the point number two? Christians glorify God in unity. And we glorify God in unity you know, from Christ. So what do we do with number two? Glorify. Yeah, it's just really just basic stuff today. Uh, number three, Christianity is a welcoming faith. So Welcome. Each other specifically. I keep looking for a spot in the New Testament where it says, you know what? You, believer, are not welcome here. I just don't find it anywhere. And then number four, what's the point? Jesus, on the cross specifically, is our example for right now. So what do we do with that? We're going to follow Christ's example. And I cannot end without... Uh, commenting, uh, you know, there's a link at the bottom of this handout, stewardheights.org slash Sunday School, and you can go there and find a link to our teacher notes, and Jessica Norris sent me a fantastic uh, set of lists that Kroll had in his commentary this week um, that really sum up chapter all of chapter 14 and this section of chapter 15 very, very nicely about what to do, what not to do, and then what Christ did. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful little summary of the whole thing. So I, I've got to refer you to that and encourage you to go check those out. So at the next week, we're looking at uh, Christ, the hope of Jews and Gentiles. Uh, so how does this look in the field of Jews and Gentile life? Uh, and then your homework down there is at the bottom to um, asking the Holy Spirit for help, reading the Bible, uh, getting involved, engaging in conversation, and then looking at any tools that you can use to help. 
Uh, so if you've got any comments or feedback about next week's text, Romans 15, 8 through 13, uh, just shoot me an email at jim314 at yahoo.com by Wednesday, and we will get that to next week's speaker, whom I am thrilled to have coming next week. So. And uh, that's the Sunday school lesson for today. So go look for an opportunity to welcome. Go look for an opportunity to carry. Go look for an opportunity to build up so that we can glorify God as we should. So you are uh, free to go ahead and start your table prayer time uh, and then pray at the table and then you are dismissed. Thanks for coming, guys.